I'm Kristen McFarland, and this is Market Like a Badass. I'm the founder and CEO of the Source Marketing Group, a cannabis and craft beer marketing technology company in Denver, Colorado. Today, we're going to hear from special guest and badass Eric Fletcher. Eric is the founder of Aerosmith Corporation out of Toronto, Canada. His company helps small and medium-sized businesses and tech, cannabis, and other sectors with a wide range of expertise, including marketing, technology, business development, investment advisory, and consulting services. He's been an entrepreneur for decades. Check out his LinkedIn profile. He has so much knowledge to offer to our amazing audience today, and I'm excited to bring him on. Welcome, Eric. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. Oh, you're welcome. And I hope I didn't steal your intro, but wow, your LinkedIn <laughs> profile is badass. And so um, I'll let you tell the audience so what you do in your own words. Yeah. So uh, I've been a uh, entrepreneur basically my entire career. So uh, over uh, 20 years now. And nice. you know, being wow. back in the early 2000s, uh, you know, we found ourselves doing uh, more and more work in uh, website design and development, which is something I've sort of dabbled in since I was, uh, you know, an early teenager. And uh, it's something that I kind of had a knack for. Uh, and eventually uh, we ended up selling off the IT division of the company, pivoting into being a, a digital marketing agency and from there evolved into a full service agency, bringing on a whole uh, array of uh, services that sort of, you know, fell outside the scope of digital, but uh, was uh, complementary to our, our service offerings. And as you uh, mentioned, uh, cannabis, uh, 10 years ago, uh, I had the opportunity to be uh, a co-founder of uh, one of the first uh, licensed producers of cannabis uh, here in Canada. And, uh, you know, from that uh, experience uh, over the last uh, decade, um, we've uh, rolled into our uh, service portfolio uh, a number of consulting services that uh, specifically focus on uh, cannabis and uh, startup companies. Uh, you mentioned investment advisory, business development, um, and we've even recently gotten into stuff like talent acquisition. So just... General, per wow. uh, I like to say we are a business solutions company. My Truly. background in tech and marketing, uh, and plus the uh, the team of advisors that we've uh, we've built up over the years as well. That's amazing. And I will say, you know, when I was in my late teens, I was like, you know, partying and maybe playing softball and doing crazy <laughs> shit, uh, not building websites. So good for you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't mind trading because it took me until my uh, late 20s, early 30s before I actually started to have a little bit of fun in my life. <laughs> oh, I, but you're, you know, it's just priceless experience, really. And I know you've done a, a lot of really badass stuff. And I want to dive into more of what you've done at Aerosmith and, and some of the really cool and innovative campaigns that we're seeing, especially in cannabis. Uh, but I want to start off with one very important question. Uh, and I want to try to lead more of my podcasts this way because I think it's really important. But um, what are you grateful for today? Uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunities that are available to entrepreneurs, especially uh, young entrepreneurs. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know I'm passionate about, having my entire career be uh, dominated by entrepreneurship, 
I have been uh, volunteering over the last few years uh, with an organization here in Toronto called uh, Business in the Streets. And essentially, we, um, we provide mentoring for uh, you know, uh, youth in sort of at-risk, vulnerable communities and, and help them uh, down the path towards entrepreneurship. So I'm very thankful for the fact that uh, programs like this uh, you know, exist now that certainly didn't uh, back in the time when I was uh, first starting out. So wow, that's I huge. to see is, is young folks getting into entrepreneurship. And I like to you know, be able to provide my background and uh, experience as a uh, resource, even if it's uh, more of a what not to do <laughs> type scenario. <laughs> yeah, well, we learn. Yeah, we learn the most from failures, oftentimes, anyways, right? <laughs> so the Absolutely. the what not to do is important, <laughs> and yeah, that is so huge and and truly important because again, my path wasn't. I wasn't always um, on that path to entrepreneurship and and to be. Uh, around people, you know, in Colorado, I've been super grateful to have that experience and have those people rub off on me and show me, you know, that I can be that leader. And that's invaluable what you're doing. So really awesome. I'm glad you brought that up. But let's talk a little bit more about Aerosmith. And then we can dive into, again, the details of some fun and badass campaigns that you've been doing. Um, but, you know, what are some of the the fun and, and uh, you know, what are some of the types of ways that you're supporting even emerging markets like cannabis or psychedelics? Uh, well, especially with the, uh, the cannabis uh, space, um, yeah, we find it's a whole mix of people. You've got the uh, the folks that are coming in from the legacy markets, you know, trying to navigate uh, running their businesses as an actual business, you know, following the the rules, the regulations, and navigating the uh, regulatory framework. Uh, and then you also have the um, you know the money man coming in from uh, you know Bay Street, Wall Street, and uh, trying to navigate you know people that don't really understand cannabis but know a lot about uh, money, or at least they claim to. <laughs> so sort of being able to bridge the gap between those two worlds, I think, is uh, is an important uh, skill to have in that uh, in that space. And then that, uh, that's priceless in this in this industry because it is such a hodgepodge <laughs> melting pot. To, you know, it to is, your and point. certainly going through, uh, you know, no pun intended, but uh, quite a bit of uh, growing pains uh, right now uh, here in Canada for sure, uh, but also you know in the states with the fragmented regulatory framework with no federal mm -hmm. uh, legalization uh, in place. Uh, you know, it can be a lot to uh, to navigate. So we take a lot of pride in being able to help companies uh, and and brands do that. Yeah, I think that's so important to have a marketing and technology background because uh, there's so many disparate data sources and technologies to connect when you are in an emerging market because you have re regulatory uh, or compliance issues saying, oh, you can't do this. You have to use this tool on top of this one and that one. And so to get them working, you know, so you actually have a customer journey experience, that's that's important, you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually one of the things that I really uh, enjoy doing is you know borrowing from that uh, tech background that's always sort of been the foundation of uh, of our business and applying that uh, you know that skill set towards uh, you know towards marketing, but then you know on a broader level taking a holistic view to you know to consulting and business and making sure that the solutions that we recommend and implement 
are you know holistic in nature and uh, you know when we're implementing a marketing solution like how does this impact the uh, the sales team how does this uh, you know uh, how does this uh, you know, lend itself towards you know the total stakeholder model when you have to consider a number of different audiences investors employees um, you know, the members of the community. So having that, that view that sort of takes that, you know, big picture, you know, view from 30,000 feet is, uh, is vitally important. And, you know, having that, uh, keeping that in mind, uh, you know, regardless of the, uh, the scope of what we're engaged for, you know, being able to, you know, advise on, you know, the bigger picture, I think, uh, is, is a really important factor. Yeah, absolutely. And then even moving from technology, uh, one thing I see you all doing really well at Aerosmith is, you know, leveraging offline events to drive business, whether that's building partnerships, affiliates, and really generating leads in an authentic way. And so I'd be curious, what's your advice for someone in cannabis who's looking to scale by growing their network? Yes. So, uh, uh, well, it's it's good that you mentioned network because that's uh, it's been something that has been a... Uh, you know, a key success factor for me as a, as an entrepreneur, you know, over the last uh, 20 odd years is uh, networking, going to events, meeting people, face-to-face uh, interactions. Uh, you know, I know you as much as we probably, we get bombarded every day with, you know, cold messages on LinkedIn and spam emails and all that. And oh yeah, there's really no substitute for, meeting somebody face to face and having an honest, authentic conversation. I mean, that's how you and I met uh, back at MJ BizCon in, yeah. uh, in Las Vegas, right? And yeah, that's, shout that's out to high times. Those, <laughs> 100%. And building those you know, authentic connections with, uh, you know, with other people in the industry and, and doing so with an open mind as well, I think is, uh, is vitally important. And, you know, being uh, uh, open and receptive to the, the possibilities of, you know, how we could work together. And especially in the cannabis space, because it is so new, uh, it's under, you know, the burden of heavy regulation. I think there's so much more opportunity for, for brands and industry professionals to, you know, to collaborate and to, to leverage the opportunities to, to come together. And, you know, it really is, you know, us against, you know, the rest of the, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the regulators, the bureaucrats, uh, you know, it's, it is something that requires that, um, you know, that, that team effort really. And especially since I love working with, you know, small independent craft brands, uh, you know, just don't have the resources of a lot of these, you know, major publicly traded, uh, you know, companies uh, and, you know, being able to pool those resources and, you know, leverage the, you know, the synergies between, uh, you know, uh, complementary brands, I think makes a huge difference. But uh, when you mentioned event yeah. marketing, that I think is, well, that's actually a whole different uh, topic, but love to go forward on that as well. Oh gosh. Yeah. And I just, you bring up so many good points. So, um, and yeah, I could go off a million different directions <laughs> as well, but, it, but yeah, I, I, um, from that perspective, I think the relationship building, getting out, shaking hands, finding unique ways to collaborate. I mean, I know you may go into an event thinking I need an investor. I need this. I'm, I'm here for this, but to your point, being open-minded, cause you really never know. I mean, there's there's joint ventures, there's opportunities to create, you know, passive revenue streams and 
you know, have an online course. And there's a lot of really cool ways that brands are collaborating. Um, and, and especially when you're a small and medium sized business, you know, you need to do that in order to really get the events you want going because people are yeah. willing to do trades and, and that way you can get a discounted booth or, you know, doing things like that. So you can really, uh, make more use out of your budget, right? Because we don't have 30,000 or half a million dollars for a huge booth property. Um, oh, absolutely. you know, being strategic with how you really leverage those. And we can talk a little bit more about that. I mean, how, how even how to pick an event, you know, how do you, how do you do that? Yeah, so uh, if we're talking specifically in the cannabis space, one of the reasons why I feel events are uh, going to be a huge part of uh, the marketing uh, mix for uh, for a cannabis company is that because we are governed by such prohibitive uh, restrictions on what we're allowed to do, you know, from an advertising and marketing standpoint, you know, uh, brands really have to look outside of the box of uh, you know what a traditional uh, brand uh, might be able to or allowed to do so uh and you know this may differ depending on you know the state or jurisdiction that you're operating in but especially here in canada our advertising prohibitions are such that you know you really can't do uh you know online advertising you can't do traditional advertising uh, uh yeah. like out of home print radio television that's basically all you know out of bounds and then you know even in the states you're dealing with um you know platforms like Google and Meta where, you know, they do not allow uh, cannabis advertising. Now that's starting to change. It's still, you know, not ready for, uh, uh, for prime time and it's still a very risky proposition. So, you know, what is a way to, uh, you know, to get, uh, to build brand awareness for a cannabis company, you know, that, you know, falls outside of, you know, the purview of, you know, government regulators and, uh, you know, big tech companies. And that's, and, you know, what's an effective way of doing that and reaching your, your stakeholders? We're, we look at event marketing as being, uh, you know, almost a proxy for the, um, you know, the direct consumer marketing. And, you know, mm -hmm. by that, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of the events that we see, uh, you know, they're not directly targeted towards consumers, but we look at, uh, at bud tenders as being an audience that, you know, if yes. we can build that engagement and make that connection and, you know, get them familiar uh, with our brand's products, then, you know, by extension, they're going to be able to, uh, you know, to discuss those products and educate consumers about it at the retail level. So, you know, having the opportunity to have those, uh, you know, those events, the micro activations, uh, you know, pop-ups in retail stores, you know, stuff either on a small scale, I mean, it could obviously go, uh, you know, you, you were at MJ BizCon and uh, that was huge and overwhelming, but, you know, it's still, you know, is a good way to get out there in front of people. So, yeah, well, and, sizes, and, but, and where did yeah. we meet though? We, I, the field marketing event off of, right. When we say the after field, party. yeah, the after party, <laughs> Hey, <laughs> that, that's where a lot of business gets done. And that's what uh, I, I used to do field marketing for an email deliverability company and, we ran events in 29 different states. And that was huge. I mean, we sourced and influenced about $17 million in that territory, you know, in a year because we we had a really good event strategy. And 
events can cost a lot of money or they can be really free, right? Like <laughs> almost. <Yes>. Uh, <laughs> I, I spent about $250 on a 22 person event in June. You know, we got food donated from Chiba Hut. Uh, we, we really balled on a budget. Starbuds pitched in huge thanks to Starbuds for donating some swag and whatnot. Uh, and then we, we got a queer owned brewery to lend us the space and, you know, it's, Amazing. um, being scrappy, you know, with your budget and finding opportunities to show up and, and show out and, and you don't always have to be there with the booth, right? It could be you doing uh, the, the after events and, and networking. And um, a lot of times, you know, those field marketing events off of the trade shows are where a lot of the business gets done. It's off of the trade show floor. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, that's exactly the point. It's like a lot of the, especially the larger events, uh, the barrier to entry is significant. And, you know, if you're, you know, a well-heeled, well-funded, uh, you know, cannabis brand and you can afford to drop, you know, five to 10 grand on a booth, that's just the booth rental, not to mention you know, the, yeah, the booth staff, property, logistics, hotel, travel, all of that stuff, right? It becomes, you know, $20,000, $25,000 activation. And for some smaller brands, you know, that could be their entire year's marketing budget in one shot. So we take a lot of pride on being able to, you know, execute things on a smaller, uh, you know, more direct uh, uh, scale and, uh, you know, having that agility to, uh, to to really capitalize on, you know, smaller, but, you know, more valuable and better mm -hmm. return on investment opportunities. Yes, exactly. And um, consistency, right? It's not always one event. It's, you know, you're showing up each quarter, whatever that looks like, if you're doing a B2B, you know, webinar training, but you have to be consistent, I think, right? It's not the one event that does it, you know, it's you showing up and being part of the community and, and, you know, you start to get recognized and now it's like, oh, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, um, and, and making sure you have an, a, a post-event follow-up strategy. But to your point, too, um, on one of our other episodes this season, Joe, um, from WANA, you know, North America's mm -hmm. largest edible company, WANA Brands, um, they talked about the importance of in-store demos, right? Uh, bud tender education, you know demoing in store, educating bud tenders, they're the ones that are selling, right? Um, and that's how you can really activate with those events on, on a on a smaller budget. Um, 100%. Yeah. And so um, I want to talk a little bit while we're while we're talking about some of this really fun and exciting stuff. I want to talk about your unique campaigns with your partner. Um, and and what what was the name again? Is it Movia? Uh, Movia? Yes, Movia. So yeah, so one of the things that uh, we like to uh, focus on is is innovation. Kind of comes from our entrepreneurial roots. Uh, we like to look at uh, you know ways to do things that are very much uh, you know outside of the box, or they put a new spin on something you know more traditional. Uh, uh, Movia is uh, one of our partners, and it is an out of home advertising platform. Uh, that uses last mile delivery vehicles to essentially be mobile billboards uh, for their advertisers. Uh, what Movia does is different though. It takes that out of home space and not only is it leveraging uh, existing uh, delivery feeds, the fleet. So they're not putting more vehicles on the road. Uh, they're leveraging vehicles that are already doing uh, deliveries in neighborhoods and commercial districts and urban areas, right? And they're 
adding an additional functionality to that. But what's really special about their platform is that uh, uh, it's a high-tech uh, form of out-of-home advertising because what they do is they put a sensor in each truck that's going around that's able to grab real-time impression analytics for that advertiser. And then beyond that, it's also collecting the uh, device IDs for all of the mobile uh, Wi-Fi and uh, Bluetooth radios in, the, in your mobile phone. It's able to distill a mobile device ID and then that can then be used in conjunction with a digital uh, programmatic uh, remarketing strategy. So we can uh, essentially target uh, people digitally that have uh, had exposure uh, to that, uh, that physical uh, out-of-home placement. And then conversely, we're able to determine um, you know, a very precise analytics on you know, brand brand lift, um, you know, conversions uh, based on exposure to the out-of-home placement. So it's not just, you know, throwing up a billboard and hoping for the best. It's like, no, we have the data to back up that this this technology works. So That's trying to bring that into the cannabis space is, uh, is exciting. So we have inventory available pretty much in every major city and often in a lot of, uh, you know, smaller markets as well. I, I love the, the analytics and data. It's stuff you can't get normally and you can do something with that. You can do intelligent remarketing and, and make the most use out of your, your ad spend. And then uh, I know you mentioned one campaign. I think it was like this, this truck runs on sour diesel. Um, <laughs> yes. That was a leafy things campaign. That That's a unique brand activation and a hyper-local marketing opportunity for a brewery or a dispensary or, you know, uh, whoever might need that out of home. If you're really trying to own that really local market and you have those trucks driving around promoting that unique message, it could be a grand opening of a new store in that area. Um, I imagine there's a lot of really cool ways to use that. And I want to talk a little bit more about marketing and event strategies. Um, obviously, we were just talking about some of the regulatory market challenges, both in Canada and the U.S., all over, right? We're all, uh, we're in it together separately. <laughs> a lot of crazy stuff is happening. Um, oh, yeah. But how do you, you know, how can you help your customers overcome these regulatory hurdles the most and be able to connect with their consumers? Is it the out of home or, you know, do you really kind of take a holistic approach to their marketing strategy? Yeah, we, we do take a holistic approach to the marketing strategy. It's, you know, combining multiple um, you know, channels uh, into one. So email marketing, social uh, event marketing, out of home, you know, it can't just be one thing. And also it's about, um, you know, having the, uh, the data in the back end to be able to, you know, segment your audience and then craft the right strategy for each uh, uh, stakeholder uh, group. So, you know, once again, putting on my, <laughs> my data nerd hat here, right. Having a good, uh, you know, CRM uh, system in place to be able to, you know, track and categorize your uh, your stakeholders. So, you know, a it could be a customer, if you're a brand, it could be a customer, you know, a direct uh, end user buyer of the product. Uh, it could be uh, the retailer, the retail store, the dispensary that's purchasing uh, uh, the product. Uh, if it is a dispensary, is it an independently owned one-off location or is it a chain? If it's a chain, you're dealing with a 
central uh, buyer. And then, of course, you have your, uh, you know, your regulatory uh, uh, contacts uh, uh, in there as well, uh, vendors, uh, partners, right? Um, yep. And then uh, investors as well. That's uh, that's a big one uh, too. So creating uh, segments—that's what I hear. <laughs> creating creating segments, a hundred percent, and then being yep. able to you know pick the right uh, medium uh, or medium mix for each uh, each segment, and then crafting those messages because you know as you know you can't just send the same newsletter to the entire list because. You know, you're really not going to get much, uh, you know, value out of that because everything that goes out, you know, you know, you're not, you're hitting a, a very broad target, so it's not, uh, yeah, it's not as effective as crafting, you know, an original message that is designed around the, uh, you know, the persona of who's going to be uh, consuming that, and you know, as much as that goes with, you know, any one individual marketing channels, it's about you know selecting the best one you know, across the entire, entire mix and, and having that, um, you know, uh, diversity in, uh, in messaging and in uh, media. Mm-hmm. Gosh. And I want to pivot a little bit more into events again, because. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, mean, I just came back from an event yesterday, which was, uh, it was a micro activation. Uh, we had uh, three of our brands there and it took the form of a, of a pool party. Obviously, uh, oh, nice. we're recording this on a Monday, so it was a Sunday. So it was a weekend uh, event. Uh, entrepreneur life can't be opposed to uh, to working weekends, but uh, yes, yeah, that's I love the unique, different events, marketing, etc. And and you brought up the good points before, of like again, having a CRM, right? Because we're building a customer journey. It takes multiple touch points, interactions to get somebody to you know, have that purchase with you. So it's not just a result of one webinar or, you know, one <laughs> well-executed social media post. It's, it's a lot of yes. touch points. Um, as much as we really wish that blog that we spent four hours writing would, you know, lead to the the miracle that we want, it takes a lot of those touch points. And, and again, with events being one of them, um, and you were talking about the CRM. How do you how do you manage you know your post event follow ups, your referrals, and make sure that you're really tracking everything accordingly so you can maintain momentum in the business? Yeah. So as far as uh, you know, tracking and uh, follow ups, that's where the uh, the CRM comes in. And you know, part of that is something that can be you know automated into uh, into a workflow, but also a lot of that is. You know, requires a, a good marketing mind to be able to you know assess because you know uh, just just like that this was a very small event you know under a hundred uh, people but uh, you know when we were there some of the contacts we made were you know other potential partners in the industry some were dispensary owners some were bud tenders some were consumers right so once again one event uh, you know you're going to meet a variety of different uh, uh, different people there and, you know, picking the right uh, strategy to, uh, you know, to follow up with, uh, with each group. But then in terms of, you know, the actual event execution itself, um, uh, one of the things that we find, especially, you know, in the cannabis space, that's uh, vitally important product sampling. Uh, oh yes. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, especially, um, you know, in our industry where, you know, you, you know, when we were first starting out, uh, you know, 10 years ago, and there was just a handful of, uh, a few handfuls of other companies, uh, you know, out there, 
know, it became, it was easier back then to, uh, you know, to differentiate your product. But, you know, nowadays there's going to be a new, you know, uh, edibles company popping up every couple of weeks. And, you know, how can you really, you know, innovate and differentiate uh, uh, the product? Edibles is it's just an example I like to use. Uh, but, um, you know, have we reached the pinnacle of what edibles can be? You know, you come out with a new product. Where's the innovation there? Is it? Mm-hmm. And I mean, you could say it's oh, it's a different flavor, it's a different shape, okay. <laughs> but is it? It's still it's still going to get lost in a sea of uh, of competitors unless it can really stand out. There needs to be innovation somewhere in the equation. So where they need to innovate is how do they do those activations? You know, how do they craft the messaging? How do they build the relationships? Uh, with retailers and with bud tenders and ultimately with uh, consumers, right? That's yep. your opportunity to innovate. If the product itself isn't necessarily, you know, a standout on its own. Gosh, that's such a good point. Um, yeah, especially in the, the really competitive markets, it's how you build your brand and community in front of those critical contacts that you just mentioned. But each each person, whether you're a bud tender or you're a corporate executive, right? They're going to have different, um, a different approach in terms of messaging perspective. So can you talk about that briefly about, you know, bud tenders who may want something more fun and light, right? Think of like the technology Zoltrain. When they train, they make that education app actually look more like Instagram because it's something that those people would actually want to use because it's fun. They would care about like, you know, like keeping it more fun and social versus um, uh, let's think of somebody else in, in another audience uh, who is more of a corporate executive, right? Who would care um, about maybe keeping things more high level to the point, uh, succinct, maybe more serious and not as fun. Yeah. So uh, in that in that context, it's really going to be the, um, you know, the venue obviously will play uh, a huge role in that. Uh, you know, if you are a, uh, a cannabis brand or a cannabis event, right. And, you know, if you're doing it at a uh, at a massive uh, convention center and you're structuring it such that, uh, you know, you're going to have, um, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, B2B um uh, audience sort of coming through there, then that sort of makes sense, right? The pool party, you're not necessarily going to, uh, you know, expect, um, you know, uh, institutional investors to be uh, making an appearance at. So it's really about crafting the, um, you know, design. I mean, if you're not the one designing the event, it's about picking the right events for the right uh, uh, yep. purposes. Um, but, um, you know, when it comes to, um, to the you know the smaller activation the one where you know you are really targeting more of a uh, consumer focus and when i say consumer i'm sort of lumping the the bud tender uh group into that uh, as well because we very much very often use that as a, as a proxy for uh, uh for the end consumers but uh one of the things that's very important with uh doing those types of activations is uh is authenticity right because these bud tenders are they're they are very knowledgeable they're very passionate about oh, the yeah. product they plant and they're going to know if you know you're just a stuffed suit that's just uh you know going yep. through the uh, you know hello fellow kids type uh, <laughs> you know motions to um, 
you know, to try and uh, try and win them over. Yeah, they are a very savvy uh, consumer base because butt tenders are very knowledgeable and passionate about the product. So if you don't share that knowledge and that passion, then it's not going to come across as uh, an authentic uh, uh, engagement. So very authenticity true. is very important. And um, yeah, firsthand product knowledge. And as I alluded to before, that includes a lot of, uh, you know, uh, ensuring there's sampling uh, opportunities. Yeah. And, and it makes such a big difference. I mean, they influence, you know, bud tenders influence your, your final checkout amount, you know, I mean, it happens even with me and I'm in the cannabis space, you know, somebody's like, Oh, but have you tried this? <laughs> you know, there's the always a, Oh yeah, let me try. Or, you know, the, there's all kinds of different, you know, beverages that are coming out and, you know, categories are getting more competition. So I think that's going to be that bud tender education is going to be huge. And we could probably riff on that for a whole other half hour if we had the time. <laughs> yeah. and like, you mentioned like, you know, the, uh, the point of sale and, uh, you know, the bud tenders being able to upsell or recommend uh, products, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just as from a very like top level, uh, you know, I mentioned, you know, you have to innovate somewhere that can even be just packaging. And that's sort of, sort of more speaking from my own personal experience. Uh, I prefer uh, to consume using uh, pre-rolls for the most part. I mean, I, I like everything a little bit, but uh, you know, I'm not really the kind of, uh, you know, audience for getting the dried flour and doing the, uh, the rolling uh, myself, despite being an industry veteran of 10 years. Ashamed to admit it, but I uh, really do like the. You're not rolling the blunt. No, not at the oh, next yeah. party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost 40. I just, you know, I, I like the convenience of just getting the, uh, you know, the pre rolls. But, you know, even there's some opportunity to innovate because there mm-hmm. are going to be different preferences when it comes to, you know, form factor and uh, packaging. I like a pre roll that I can smoke the whole thing in one go. And a a nice uh, slim package that I can put into my uh, uh, my skinny jeans because uh, as a diehard millennial, they can uh, pry those off my cold dead legs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, and there's really cool innovation even happening with the pre roll equipment. I got to give a shout out to Hummingbird PRS. Uh, they have a new pre roll system, and it's really just innovative and cool. And they use a different uh, for you know centrifugal force to 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 get the roll instead of like jamming it and getting an uneven burn. Um, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening. I'm really happy and proud to be part of the industry. It is a wild west sometimes, uh, just because, you know, we're all on our toes, uh, you know, regulations, (laughs) a lot of people being overtaxed. I mean, it's just, there's a lot of chaos, but also so much to be grateful for. And, um, you're one of them. Thanks for coming on. And I want to roll into the lightning round. Uh, you have (laughs) 10 seconds to answer these questions and then uh yeah we're gonna we're gonna roll through you ready all right sounds good i'm ready what's your favorite quote oh that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) uh next all right (laughs) and here we go Uh, i'll give you mine inch by inch life is a cinch what's your strangest talent strangest talent um I wouldn't say it's strange. It might be strange if you look at me, but uh, cooking. I I love to cook. Ooh, nice. I'm not an artistic person, but to me, that is my 
artistic uh, uh, outlet. So that's all that's right. I'll be the real. I'll be the real judge of that. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be I truly strange food. if I said I love to do dishes, which I am. Oh, that would be truly of, strange. So. <laughs> truly strange. Uh, what's the best business book or best influencer? Uh, I'm personally partial to uh, to Richard Branson. So oh, nice. uh, any any one of his uh, his books, I just love that uh, you know scrappy entrepreneurial do it uh, uh, ultra, entrepreneurial yeah. spirit and um, another great quote: "Screw it, let's do it." That's been sort of the founding <laughs> uh, <laughs> guidance for much of my entrepreneurial career, especially jumping nice. into cannabis. That's got to go up on the wall for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which celebrity would you pick to exchange lives with? Oh, exchange lives with? <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm going to do a little spin on that. Uh, celebrity that uh, I would like to have dinner with. Uh, I've always said Jim Jeffries, favorite comedian out there. Oh, uh, nice. I, I would not want his life at all. <laughs> I don't think I could survive that. But, uh... <laughs> all right. I'll give you that one. Uh, which famous. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change lives with anyone. I mean, it's. Uh, yeah. You know, you're like, I'm too blessed. It, I, well, I'm not, but uh, oh no, yeah. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy to bear the burden of my own life choices. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Which famous person, dead or alive, would like would you like by your side during a zombie apocalypse? Zombie apocalypse. Who's fighting with you? Uh, does it have to? Be, it has to be a famous person. I was going to say my sister because she's the oh. one who got all the artistic talent in the family, and I have no doubt that she could just live off the land. And I feel like nice a zombie MacGyver. <laughs> okay, yeah, it could be family. <laughs> she'll be famous because she'll, be, she'll, she'll, she'll get you through the apocalypse. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on. And again, you're so knowledgeable. You have so much cool stuff going on with the out of home options for cannabis. And, you know, if you all are listening and want to get some really uh, badass marketing strategy advice, hit up Eric, you know, reach out to him on LinkedIn. And if you need quick links, check out our market like a badass show notes. Um, I'll drop in links to your social handles. But Eric, in your own words, tell our audience where they can find you. Uh, yeah, you can find me at, on Instagram, Eric underscore Fletcher, Eric with a K, <laughs> and, uh, and LinkedIn, same thing. Uh, and uh, our company's uh, website is aerosmith.co. That's uh, A-R-R-O-W, not like the band. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I get appreciate that, that way too often. I <laughs> uh, can't get that out of my head now. Uh, that should be the <laughs> outro music, but I don't think I could license that. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Eric. I really appreciate it. I'm going to drop your info in the show notes so our listeners can find you. Follow us on Apple or Spotify or go to marketlikeabadass.media for the latest episodes of Market Like a Badass.